0: Welcome back, Buffalo Bills fans. It's Matt Warren, editor-in-chief Buffalo BuffaloRumlings.com and the host of Buffalo Rumblings q and on the Buffalo Rumblings Podcast Network. We are just over a week away from the start of the 2022 NFL Draft. Uh, so we've got some draft talk in today's Questions We've got free agency and salary cap management. You know, typical early off-season stuff for us here at Buffalo Rumblings Q&A. If you want to send in your questions for next week's episode, uh, we'll be talking about our mock draft pick at some point in the SB Nation NFL Writers Mock. Um, we've got you know, a lot of NFL draft talk coming down uh, the pipeline, uh, so make sure you send in those questions and for stuff after the draft as well. You can send them to 716-508-0405. Email us, rumlings at sbnation.com. Tweet us at Rumblings Q and A. That's with the word and spelled out in the middle. So we do have um, questions coming in from everywhere. Let's start, though, with my Jordan Poyer contract projection that's going to publish later today over at buffalorumblings.com, at least if you're listening to this on Tuesday when it releases. If you're listening later, it should be up on the website by now, and you can go check it out in its written form. Jordan Poyer has a brand-new agent, Drew Rosenhaus. Drew Rosenhaus has made it publicly known and, of course, privately known to the Buffalo Bills that Jordan Poyer wants a new contract. He has one year left on his current deal. It's the right time for a contract extension. And so um, the Buffalo Bills are probably looking at that scenario right now. Um, the, but the Bills are back at OTAs here uh, today, or at least off-season activities. It's not exactly OTAs yet. It's the voluntary workouts that happened before the official launch of OTAs. But people are in town. Maybe Poyer is, maybe Poyer isn't. But it's the time where you could start seeing that extension talk. Looking at what Poyer could likely be um, looking at as far as contracts go is a fun little process. Uh, Harrison Smith is another guy who's 30 years old. He signed for four years, $64 million, which is a deal that averages $16 million per season. But it has an inflated number at the back, kind of like that Tyreek Hill deal did when we were discussing contract extensions for Stefan Diggs. And so really it's about $15 million a season in the first uh, three years of that deal, and then jumps to 18 million after that. And so you can see how it like is a little bit uh, boosted or boosted by the um, by the final year contract. Uh, Quandre Diggs at the Seattle Seahawks, three years, $39 million. Uh, so that's a little bit on the lower side. The, um, the average payout is 14 million, 14 million, then 11 million. Uh, For digs, so it's a little bit lower. I predicted a $15 million average for Jordan Poyer. He's coming off, uh, you know, an all pro season. Um, Maybe he wants three years, maybe he wants four years, like some of those other guys got, but it would surprise me if the Bills actually signed him to a four year deal. He's got one year left on his contract. Um, He turns 31 later this month. So he'll be 32 when the contract extension starts. I'd rather see like a two-year contract extension for Jordan Poyer. If Poyer really pushes for three, I would give him a three-year deal, but I'm not going to four years. Brandon Bean typically likes to give contracts that he thinks people are going to actually be able to finish. So a four-year deal for Matt Milano, a four-year deal for Deion Dawkins. You know, not these bloated, long contracts that have you know huge jumps in salary as the, the year goes on. He changed that for Von Miller, but, I mean, it's Von Miller. He's one of the best players in the NFL um, and a big name, and they needed to change their tactics to get him... To come here i think the other players on buffalo's resign list are all deals that are much much more likely to actually be finished when you look at matt milano or dion dawkins or even stefan diggs and josh Allen, you think that those contracts are actually have a shot to see the end of it so i predicted a two-year 30 million dollar extension uh, for jordan poyer you can go ahead and check that out over at buffalorumblings.com get all the details the yearly breakouts um, void years salary cap management everything like that let's get to one of your questions before we uh, head over to a couple more things in the second half of our show let's switch gears to the NFL draft where Dave Reed over on Twitter asks us what are the chances that Buffalo takes a flyer on Matt Ariza now we talked about Matt Ariza last week So I would encourage you to go back and listen to that episode a little bit more in depth, Dave, if uh, you haven't had a chance to listen to last week's episode that uh, aired on um, April 12th. But um, I like Matt Ariza. I don't know why you would call it taking a flyer on a punter i think the bills need to add a punter whether it's in the draft or add another free agent after the draft the bills cannot go into the offseason with just matt hawk Uh, they already gave him a pay cut they showed they don't trust him by doing that and so not adding another punter would i think be a pretty big problem for the buffalo bills um arises the best punter in college in probably a while um if they want him, they may have to spend their late fourth round pick to get him. Um, I don't think he's going to last until the end of the fifth round. Um, they could also trade up, I suppose, in the fifth round to try and take him if he does fall that far. But I think he's going to end up going like late fourth round, early fifth round. And so if the Bills want him, they're going to have to draft him in the fourth round or make a move up in the fifth round. I wouldn't consider that a flyer. I, I And I don't know why you're use that language as far as like a flyer like uh, i think they need a punter so um thanks for your question over on twitter at rumblings q and a i don't need to belabor that point we already talked about him last week so we're going to take a quick break and come back don't go anywhere The Buffalo Bills begin their off-season training program today at One Bills Drive, April 19th. Uh, The boys are back in town. Uh, We saw Josh Allen at the Sabres game over the weekend, probably because he was getting in town to get settled uh, before OTAs began with Phase 1 on April 19th. Phase 1, right now, all they can do are meetings and strength and conditioning for two weeks. So they'll be in the weight room, they'll be doing work um, on the field, but they can't have uh, coaches on the field and it can't be football specific work on the field. It's highly regulated uh, by the NFL. So meetings, uh, so that some coaches will be meeting some folks for the first time since they were hired, since the Bills players left for the off season. Um, Obviously, they've probably done phone calls and video chats and text messages and emails and all that stuff, but they could be meeting in person for the very first time today with several of the Buffalo Bills new coaches. But meetings and strength and conditioning for two weeks, Um, then at the beginning of May, the team can transition to phase two, which includes some on-field workouts, individual group instruction. Uh, drills, perfect play drills, drills where offensive players line up across from offensive players and defensive players line up from defensive players. We'll go over that more in a couple weeks. But right now, for the next two weeks, the Bills can do strength and conditioning, non football specific activities on the field, and meetings. So that's the next two weeks over at One Bills Drive. We have an email question in this week from Rick. Sanchez, who emails us, how is it possible that the Bills have cap space when you reported months ago that they had none? More like Buffalo bumblings. I see what you did there. Try reporting the truth to fans instead of hooks so people will read and look at your ads. Go ahead, lay out how this amazing cap transition took place. Well, Rick, I can sense your hostility. I understand. When we report salary cap numbers, it's typically from the NFLPA reporting so that's the official number that the nfl players association has which um you know just means that we weren't lying uh we were telling the truth so let me go through what happened over the last few weeks when the bills went from two hundred fifty thousand dollars of cap space to now 10 million dollars in cap space the biggest change that happened there was the signing of stefan diggs to a massive contract extension and most people thought his salary cap number would go up. Instead, his salary cap number went down. In our article from April 9th, I wrote um, that his 2022 cap hit was supposed to be nearly $18 million, but it went down by $6 million to $11.7 million dollars. So they saved and created $6 million in cap space with the Stefan Diggs deal. How did they do that? They converted his base salary into a part of his big signing bonus. So they were actually able to spread out the money for 2022 over the next 5 years of his contract. So he gets the same amount of money in 2022, but instead of it being parsed out over September, October, November, and December, he actually gets paid up front. So it's good for Stephon Diggs, it's good for the Buffalo Bills because they're able to create all of that cap space. So that created $6 million in salary cap space. The other thing that they did was restructure Ryan Bates' contract. Uh, Bates signed an RFA tender with, with the Buffalo Bills, then agreed to a new contract with the Chicago Bears the Buffalo Bills matched it. But as soon as they matched that contract, they went to Ryan Bates and said, hey, can we spread out this cap hit a little bit? And they did the exact same thing. They took his base salary down to the uh, NFL minimum for a veteran of how many years experience Ryan Bates has. And they took the rest of the compensation that was supposed to be paid in 2022 and spread it out over the remaining four years of the contract. So that lowered his cap hit by about one and a half, two million. $2 million. So you can see how the Bills created $8 million in cap space over the last few weeks, even while re-signing other players. You don't need to be hostile about it when you think that we're lying or whatever, but that's how the Bills created $8 million in cap space over the last few weeks. If the Bills wanted to create more cap space, they actually have a few other ways to do it. They could do contract restructures with uh, Tredavious White, or a couple other players on their roster. They could add void years to a couple different deals and again pay people up front for work they're going to do in 2020, blah, blah, blah. 2022, if they know they're going to be on the roster, you can pay them up front and then spread out the cap hit. I don't anticipate that happening again because they have nearly $10 million in available salary cap space right now. Um, I don't know where the other million dollars or so came from. Um, SpotTrack has the bills right around $8.2 million in available cap space. Um, And that's kind of how far I've come in my brain. Um, But the NFL Players Association reported almost $10 million. So there's like a $1.5 million gap somewhere in there um, that I can't account for right now. I don't know how the bills created that cap space. Um, It could be a number of just like... um, I don't know, shell game moves where they did restructure a contract that we haven't heard about yet. Um, But there's a discrepancy there. But I know the Bills created almost $8 million in cap space over the course of the last few weeks. So thanks for your email over at Rumblings at sbnation.com. Hopefully I answered your question in a way that, uh, I don't know, will make you believe our reporting going forward into the future and um if you want to check the buffalo news and a lot of other outlets have reported those uh, contract restructures and contract um the salary cap moves the buffalo bills have made over the last few weeks too And you can go check my work over there thanks for uh thanks for reading buffalo rumblings let's end on an nfl draft question here today Going over to the text line at 716-508-0405, I would like to hear what you think about defensive back Daxton Hill from Michigan. Could he play cornerback on the outside or just safety and nickelback? Also, I think Troy Anderson from Montana State is a physical freak. I realize he's listed as a linebacker, but he's been very successful running back and quarterback in college at 6'4", 245 pounds and running a 4'4", 40-yard dash. Could he be better as a Derrick Henry-style running back? So let's split those two prospects and talk about first about Daxton Hill from Michigan. Well, I've seen um, him listed at all three positions, at safety, uh, at slot cornerback, and then at boundary. Cornerback. I think on the Buffalo Bills with Taron Johnson in the slot, I don't see him as a a player that would like primarily play in the slot. Um, He might actually get his start at boundary cornerback for the Buffalo Bills um, because of their safety tandem that they have. Uh, But I'd probably prefer him as a safety um, if I had, you know, a blank slate to work with on the Buffalo Bills. What's interesting is that you look at Micah Hyde before he came to the Buffalo Bills, and he was kind of this man without a position on the Green Bay Packers defensive backfield. And you know he would play some slot cornerback, he would play some boundary cornerback, he would play safety, and then he came to the Bills, just focused on safety position and became one of the best in the entire league. And so I can see that happening with another guy. And that's also what the Buffalo Bills like doing. They like taking stuff off the plates. Of their rookies and having them worry about just one thing at a time, even sometimes to their detriment, for the most part. Um, they had Boogie Basham uh, kick inside to play some defensive tackle and defensive end, uh, but they had Greg Rousseau only play defensive end and even only on one side. Um, so you see them, Cody Ford, um, just right tackle when he was a rookie. Um, so you see them having their rookies focus on just one thing. And so if he's picked by the Bills right now, I mean, the, the clearest spot for him to get any playing time would be at cornerback, where they have their um, limitations with, um, with the depth on the roster. Um, and with Micah Hyde and Jordan Poyer, you're not taking them off the field for a guy, a rookie uh, like Daxton Hill. So I would prefer him as a safety. Um, it would probably knock him down the board a little bit for me. Um, but he is projected to go pretty high in the draft. Now, if... Their plan is to replace Jordan Poyer a year from now instead of giving him a contract extension. Then I could see them doing that and having him kind of learn on the job under Micah Hyde and under Jordan Poyer. But that would be a pretty awkward year uh, for the rookie as well. So who knows what the Buffalo Bills plan is as far as that goes. Um, but I would, I would say he's probably more of a safety um, in Buffalo Bills. Defense. So, um, but take that for what it's worth. I've never seen him play. Um, I'm just going off of the reports that I've read while preparing for the 2022 NFL draft. I am not a draft guy. I work, you know, five days a week during uh, the regular season. And then Sundays are reserved for Bills football. So Saturdays are really the only day where I can get anything done. That doesn't involve work and so um, I'm not a draftologist by any stretch of the imagination. You also asked about uh, Troy Anderson uh, from Montana State. I wouldn't be transitioning him to uh, running back um, at the next level. I would keep him as a linebacker. He hasn't played running back since 2019 and so I would not keep him there. Thanks for all of your questions at our various points of contact. You can email us, rumblings at SBNation.com. You can send us a voicemail at 716-508-0405. That's also our text line that was used today. You can send us Facebook or Instagram messages to the official Buffalo Rumblings accounts. And please, please do that. Tweet us at A. That's with the word and spelled out in the middle. Uh, please rate and review the Buffalo Rumblings Podcast Network on your favorite podcast app. It really helps our reach uh, grow. Please tell a friend about us if you really like listening to us even if uh, we have so many different podcast hosts to listen to so maybe um, another podcaster is their cup of tea thanks for listening and go bills